This episode of the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast is brought to you by TFC Productions. Christine, what's the TFC stand for? Two Fit Crazies. Two Fit Crazy Productions? Yeah. Yeah, we produce some podcasts. So, um, you know, people always come up to us uh, and ask us how we can help them or, you know, what we can do. How did you get started in podcasting? What do I need? This and that. We Let got us you covered. help you. We Let got- us consult with you. We'll walk you through every step. Got you covered. And then from there, if you feel like recording and sending us the information, we'll produce it. We'll package it. We'll send it back to you nice with a bow on it. And uh, you just upload it yourself. And we'll uh, give you all those marketing tools and everything you need to do in the meantime. That's right. From the leaders in Podcasting 101. TFC Productions. So we're also brought to you by ContiFit.com, which is your virtual online fitness and wellness. You name it, you need it. We're here for you. And uh, make sure, check out the Let's Face It Together Facial Fitness and Rehabilitation Program, working with special populations around the world. Get virtually certified today. Don't miss out. Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. We've got virtual online health coaching uh, sessions with me, uh, my company, High Five Health and Fitness. Uh, all the information, highfivehealthandfitness.com. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. I'm making Brian anxious because I'm anxious. So let's you go for it. You cannot make me anxious. That's true. That's very true. Man, that's very like... true. I'm going to tell you something about what I hate, though. What's Can I tell that? you something? I hate mean? selling. Selling. I hate selling. And you know what? I bet a lot of people out there hate when people try and sell them things and potions and pills and proteins and powders and well, that's a lot that's of peace. It's a very, very difficult thing, especially yeah. for the fitness professional. I wish there was a book. What would you call it? I think I would call it I Hate Selling. For the fitness for professional? For the fitness professional. Ah. And you know what? We just so happen to, Christine happened to stalk him. Um, <laughs> I just so happen to, to kind of, you know, find. find him randomly. Um, his name is Ryan McKenzie, and he is out of Winter Garden, Florida. I think of the Winter Garden Theater where I saw cats. Right, right, That's all right, I think right, of when right. I was younger. No, it's Orlando. Very nice, very nice part of town, Orlando area. So, Ryan McKenzie is going to share with you. He was very generous with his information today. It's all I have to say about that. He literally read this book i hate selling and um as someone who you know he's going to tell you the story um when he was younger and you know was kind of struggling baby on the way and they were had to you know it's gonna have to move back in with in-laws and and he was like damn it i'm gonna make this happen um and really figured it out himself and wound up writing his own book he wrote the book and and uh, you look, and it's well received, and uh, it's helping a lot of people. And and you know the strategies behind it are sound. You know, it, it's, he took it from a different industry. Uh, you know, um, crazy as it sounds, the accounting uh, industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from a, for accountant standpoint of of selling and maintaining their businesses, and uh, it works. So uh, he's going to take you through it. Uh, he's you know he's very very entertaining, and we had a great conversation Super with him. Fun. Tons of fun. Yeah. Get so, your pen or pencils because he's going to tell you what the acronym Doctor means. And it's super helpful. I took notes. In terms of this, absolutely. We should have paid and, and get this. Opportunity. What? His book is free. Oh, my gosh. You can have it for free. Oh, my gosh. We'd love to say that it's like so... just for listeners of the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast, but it's not. It's for everybody. Yeah. Um, ebook is free. I hate selling for the fitness professional right now. And you could go to IHateSellingLive.com. Yeah. Okay. That's where it is. All right. So I'm just throwing it out here. We'll put up all the links and all that fun stuff, but um, we're excited. Ryan McKenzie was a rock star. Yeah, good stuff. So enjoy this episode, and uh, we will uh, give us some feedback. Let us know how it sounds. Enjoy.
Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. In the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, we're like right on time today. I all have no, to look at my no, watch. No, hold on. You're right on time today. I'm usually on time. Just it's... We usually have like technical, like there's been by the chaos skin, in the world. By the skin of your teeth, you're always on time. I told you, my only job here is to just get that microphone turned on so that when you fly in the door like Cosmo Kramer, you're like <laughs> ready to ready to go. Listen, my days are packed from the second I get up to the second I my get yelled at for having to put everything away because it's too late. Um, our, our, um, I'm living life, all right? So that's what's happening. All good. I'm not Oh, my gosh. We are- not complaining. We are joined today um, by Ryan McKenzie, who I'm going to get in a second, but this is the backstory, right? So I'm like flipping through social media, like the Brian says I'm a stalker, like I am, um, but I'm like- What's this? I'm like, who's this? And he's talking to, you know, a friend of our podcast, uh, Sarah Cooperman, who's always a freaking riot. Um, and this is the best. So I, I stopped for a moment and I don't even remember when this was, but I'm like, I'm, I'm like, let me give a listen. I know, you know, I know Sarah. And you're like, I'm sorry, Sarah, if you're, if this is like not appropriate or whatnot, but what's your favorite cereal? <laughs> right? Is that the question you asked? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I need to, Puffs, generic Puffs, General Mills. It was like, you asked a couple of questions and I was like, oh my God, you know what? I got to talk to Ryan. This is great. I'm like, cause we will answer these questions. I'm like, of course, you know. Um, so before you get out of here, tell us what your favorite cereals is. Let's make sure that happens for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, for me, Lucky Charms, by far best favorite cereal. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? I, I asked almost every one of my guests uh, that. Because it's fun to get fitness people on that are trying to come on and look like they're in really good shape and like <laughs> they eat really healthy stuff and they're like, well, you know, uh, Wheaties, Raisin Bran. If I have to have cereal oatmeal, I'm like, no, that, those don't count, man. Yeah, like, f yourself and your caution. Bad cereal, come on. <laughs> I'm like so generic. Do you eat the? Do you actually eat the cereal or you just eat the marshmallows? Because really, the marshmallows are where it's at. So, I'm. This is. Uh, you know, I, I eat the cereal and I don't have, I mean, when I say I like this, I don't have it often, honestly. I've, I've got five kids, so we get some fun cereal every once in a while. But um, the the marshmallows by themselves, like if I just eat the marshmallows, it kind of has that nails on a chalkboard feeling mm. in my, I can feel it right now. Like they're too like. Chalky. Ah, yeah. And like so, But all together mixing the milk, sitting there for a while, then it's really good. But if you just eat the other part, it's like cat food. <laughs> yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So Ryan, so I was, you know, me being the voyeur, voyeuristic person that I am was dropping in on this conversation and I'm like, who's Ryan McKenzie? I'm like, I, I don't know him. Here's, here's me. I don't know you. How do, how do I not know you? And, um, how can I know you? So, you know, of course I, I reach out because I'm like, what do you do? And what's, what, where are you? And so, um, I would love for, for you to share that with our listeners from around the globe. Tell them um, who are you, where do you live, and what what are you doing with Sarah Cooperman? Yeah, so um, I'm Ryan McKenzie. So it's, we've already established that. Um, I, nobody knows me, so I'm really nobody. And I'm in Winter Garden, Florida, right outside of Orlando. And um, I, I'm hosting a, a podcast right now called I Hate Selling Live, which is uh, based off my book. So I had a book. When I was a trainer in Orlando, Florida at a big box gym, I, um, I was really, really bad at training and really bad at selling. And we had a kid on the way and my wife is like, hey, we've got no money. We have to move in with our parents, uh, her parents, not our parents, because that'd be weird, <laughs> but uh, her parents. <laughs> and... So th- I'm at this place where I'm applying for jobs as a substitute teacher because I can't make any money in the fitness industry at all. Like, I'm bad, right? So um, a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, recommends a book. I read it. I get a lot out of it. I read it again. I read it again. And I ended up writing a book off of that book, getting the author's permission. And I've got I Hate Selling for the Fitness Professional after my training business doubles and doubles and doubles year after year because of that process. Um and now I've got the I Hate Selling for the Fitness Professional book, and it's turned into some coaching. It's turned into some um, a podcast and courses and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's been really neat to go from like literally 
the guy who nobody wants to talk to because he's not very good at what he does and he's just there, you know, to like, I get to help people who are, who are, I was back then. It's, it's kind of cool. And he says he's nobody, Brian. I mean, did you, so, <laughs> well, you, nobody knows me, so it's good. No, I, I take it you got out of your in-laws house or <laughs> did that... I'm here right now. No. <laughs> it's fabulous. More meatloaf. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> the meatloaf. Yeah. We're out of the in-laws house. We are, we're doing well. Um, that was back when we had one baby on the way. We now have four children and a foster baby. So uh, ah. it's, a, it's a busy house. It's fun. Unreal. That's awesome. Good for you. Um, so take us through it. What's the system? How does it work? I mean, is it based entirely off of the book? The book is very popular, right? I Hate Selling System is something that's out there for many industries. Is that right? Um, yeah. So it started off as a um, – it was for CPAs, uh, accountants, like really white-collar kind of jobs. And um, I read the book and kind of like – just uh, figured it out for myself through this book that wasn't really written for me as a fitness professional. It was just, I had to kind of decipher all of his information. Right. And so I would be like, man, this is good stuff. My, all my other trainers around me, you should read this. You should read this. If they had questions as I was growing, Hey, grab this book. Everyone's like, that book sucks. Uh, that book's for her accountants. That's not for trainers. So um, all due respect to Mr. Boris who wrote it. I went back to him and just, I just called him up one day and I, he, turns out he was a friend of a friend of a friend. I could, I had a connection and I said, Hey, can I buy you lunch? I'd like to rewrite your book. Cause nobody likes it. Uh, <laughs> that's oh not exactly gosh. how the conversation went, but uh, it's a great book for accountants. No trainers liked it. Right. So he said, go for it. Um, I rewrote it and took a 400 or 500 page book and made it 120 pages to, to really kind of dig into the heart of sales. And for me growing up, my, both my parents were teachers. Um, they, they kind of had their own business here and there, but I never heard anything about how to sell. Like selling was like a bad feeling. It was a bad thought. It was like a four letter word. You didn't, you didn't want to be sold something. You didn't want to sell something. You didn't want to be a salesman, you know? Um, so getting over that stigma and um, getting into like what sales really is and how to help people and how to serve people is really what the heart of the book's all about. So how is it then? I I'm going to be honest that, I was in business and then I was a teacher and have since left and Brian was also in I corporate. Was, I was yeah. in sales, sales, selling. sales and sales and sales and, and sales. I right. always said I I hate – I taught death of a salesman like I don't know for 10 <laughs> – for like a decade, you know. Um, poor Willie Loman couldn't sell his, <laughs> his products but um, – I mean, selling is there. You're so spot on. Everyone is selling. Everyone's coming at you. You feel like sometimes, especially as you establish yourself, you know, in the fitness industry and whatnot, it's, and I, I say this, I love all of you and I'm, I'm happy that you're, you know, have your different marketing platforms. But every time I talk to someone or every time I get a friend request or a, it's like a Christine, Hey, Oh, by the way, you know, hey, I know you're in the industry, so I've got this thing or I've got this. And I'm like, I can't hear about your oil and your potion <laughs> and your, you know, magical wand or your, you know, your protein is just going to automatically cure all of my ailments. And it's right. like, it's almost like I feel like I'm let down, like I'm being, I guess, used. I don't I don't know what the word is, but I'm disappointed. No, that's exactly right. It's like I'm disappointed and I so... I mean, I have my own programs. Brian has his own things. And we, I mean, we have our own podcast workshops and whatnot. And we are very authentic people and we don't want to be pushy. But again, you also have to pay your bills. You also have a service that you can help people. You could help change their lives and whatnot, but you don't want to push. How is it that you found success in, in getting people over the fact of, you know, listen, you've got to market yourself, but you don't want to be a turnoff. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I feel the same thing for me. Um, when I, when I first started getting this book out to trainers and the people, I'm like, you know, you spend a lot of late nights on uh, Facebook, friending people, talking to people. And all of a sudden my newsfeed is filled with guys with their shirts off flexing, saying you can look like me or like jump in right now for only $99 a month and you can join my gym. And I'm like, what the heck is good? This is like the opposite of what I'm talking about here. Like nobody wants to be sold to, um, but everybody's always selling, mm-hmm. you know? And um, it, it's really s- true. Selling is, is the most natural thing anyone can ever do. I mean, if you go to a really great restaurant and you have the best steak of your life, 
or you go see an amazing movie and it's the best movie you've ever seen. That, that experience is not complete for most people until they go and tell somebody else about it. Right. So they're essentially selling that steak or selling that movie that like, you wouldn't believe it. It was the best cut of meat or you wouldn't believe this. And it, like, you want to hold on. Like when you saw Endgame for you're an Avengers fan, like you're like, okay, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It's like painful not to talk about it, but you want to talk about it. Right. Like when you see something that's just really fun or really great. So to sell is a really natural thing. But people get caught up in this, well, I want to grow. I want to pay my bill. I need to pay my bills. I, I want to look better than the gym next to me, whatever it might be. And, and all of a sudden, we turn this natural thing into something that feels really pushy and feels really manipulative and feels really sleazy. You know, And I think we've, we can talk a little bit about it if you got time here. But uh, there's a system we can actually do basically not how to push the sell, but how to keep ourselves in check while we're selling, if that makes sense. Let's hear it. Yeah. All right. So first question. For me, if you can, I ask a question to you guys. I know it's your show. But, Go um, ahead. Oh, this is this so, is the best part. Cereal. Awesome. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'll be another time. Um, who is the worst? Like in your maybe personal experience or just in general, the worst salesman you can think of? Like in an industry, maybe, or maybe you've had a specific. Uh, oh, I think interaction. That, I think that the canned answer is used car salesman. Oh, I would say the the new car salesman. The new car salesman. Okay. Oh my! It's like a car me, salesman. It Let's makes see. me anxious to think about when I have to trade my car in every couple of years because right. I lease. Yeah, that's like eighty to ninety percent of the answers are the car salesman, right? And I've had that's usually the answer I get. I've had people like the vacuum salesman or somebody had a door to door water filtration salesman like made this lady feel like she was going to get cancer just because she was drinking tap water and her whole family was going to die and it was all her fault. Like really manipulative stuff. Right. So I've even had one. I went to um, sports authority when that was a thing. Uh And uh, remember when you used to go to stores and buy things? Yeah. (laughs) I went to sports authority and I was buying a pair of shoes and the kid there was like, you need insoles. Let me get them for you. What size are you? I was like, I don't, I don't think I need insoles. I like these shoes. Like, no, you're going to want this. And he just made me, he tried to make me buy it. And he's like writing his name on my box so he can get a, a commission or whatever. I'm like, dude, this is sports store. Your commission's like 30 cents. This is not a big sell. What are you doing to me right now? But it made the experience just like really horrible. You know, it made me like, okay, well, I'm not going to go back there and buy shoes again. You know, and maybe that's why they're not really a business anymore. So there's all kinds of bad sales experiences. But let's, if you flip it on its head, what is... Who's the best salesman that you guys think, can think of? What industry? What is there one that you can think of? We never really think that way, I think, with it. Let me think. Give me a sec. Best salesman. I, I think like a, a waiter or a waitress when they read you the specials. <laughs> Honestly. That's actually really, I've never heard that one before. That's really great, oh, actually. I like that a lot. If you have a good waiter. That like, just reads the specials and make because that's that's their upsell. That's that's the one that they get. You know, it's the high ticket item on the on the menu. That's awesome. Actually, I've never heard somebody say that. I love that idea because uh, I've always wanted to sit down and have a waiter really like just prepare my meal for me, rather than I have to figure out what's good on this giant menu. Like, right. But they're really good. They they could sell me a ton if they really were good at it. Right. That's that's excellent. I like. That. I've actually asked, what would you have? You know, mm-hmm. and what would yeah. you? Oh, I got. I like this. Good. Done. You know, my wife gets so mad at me. I ask that all the time, and I don't ever buy. I don't ever get what they tell me. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, that doesn't sound very good. I'll have this. <laughs> like, Ryan never has a second cup of coffee at home. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! I all right, so you know what I was going to say actually is um, people that don't, and I can't think, I can't peg it, but I always think of people who don't sell. They like, don't like, sell. Here it is. Take it or leave it. Like this is. You know, either you're going to be interested in this or you're not. And it, right. you know, it's like here, like the product sells itself. I think of that. That's good. Um, the, the industry that I go off in my book that a lot of fitness professionals disagree with me on, and it's kind of controversial, is the doctor, right? Your doctor is like the best salesman because it's kind of exactly what both of you are saying put together where it's. A good doctor is caring and compassionate, right? They want the best for you. Um, whatever you think about medicine and pharmaceutical companies, all this stuff, leave that aside, right? Uh, but a good doctor should be caring and compassionate. But at the same time, they're not begging you to, to take something. They, they're not like trying to slip in at something else at the last minute. They're like, here's what's going to help you. You should take it every day. 
for the next 12 days. Go fill the prescription. See you later. Let me know. Let me know when you, when we get back in here in two weeks, you know, or whatever it is. Like they're very caring. They're very compassionate, but they're also kind of um, just professional and standoffish in a way where they're not going to beg you to do it, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I use the doctor as a role model. In fact, I've got an acronym doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R for the steps of the sales process. If you guys want to run through them real quick, we can go through a couple go. of them as much time as you got. Let's go. So first step in the sales process, uh, through, we're just going right down doctor. If you guys are listening, write down doctor on your page and you'll have the whole system in place. So D, do they know that I care? So each one of these is a question you have to ask yourself when you're selling. Do they know that I care? If the answer is no, they don't know that I care, then you can't go any further, right? You cannot, that's when it feels pushy. Like you see somebody on Instagram or Facebook and they're flexing and they're offering something or they're saying, does your back hurt? Get in here and work with this. Like they're going straight to my pain. They're going straight to my wallet. They're not really caring about me at all. Right. And it doesn't matter if you actually care. It matters. Zero, zero percent. Does not matter if you actually care? What matters is do they know that I care? Right. So I could care a ton, but if I haven't communicated that, then in my marketing, in my day-to-day life with them and, and whatever else I'm doing, then they are not going to open up and ready to buy. And this is where a lot of gyms get in trouble because they skip this. They go right to a commitment. They go right to price. And then all of a sudden they find themselves on, um, on like the cheapest websites doing offers and deals, uh, like trying to find like a, uh, what's the cheap website where you get all the Groupon, you know, and yeah. then mm-hmm. three, three visits for a dollar, like, come on in. And like, you're just competing at price over the same thousand members that are just rotating around gyms trying to find the cheapest possible gym around rather than someone who really gets you and really cares about you because they know you care about them. Makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. So D, do they know that I care? Then we go, oh, ouch, where's the pain? So at that point, if, if they know that we care about them, we can dive in a little deeper and get right to their pain. So what is it that's hurting them? Nine times out of 10, it is not it is not the thing they actually say, right? It's something like, it's the question behind the question, right? Like if they say, man, my, my knees hurt. Great. I can help somebody with their knees. And as a trainer, my first reaction is like, well, let's work on your hips. Let's make sure your ankles are mobile. Let's get some stability through your core. Let's, let's give the knees some rest and make sure the hamstrings and quad link tension relationship is right. Like all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not really what they're saying, right? What they're saying, if you really ask a couple more questions is I want to play with my grandkids and I can't get down on the ground, you know, or um, I, I wish I could work on the house so my wife would um, just see that I'm a productive member of society and I'm 70 years old now and I, I can't do it anymore. So I feel like I just can't even go out and play golf with my friends or play with my grandkids or whatever that might be. Like we need to get to their real pain, not just the physical thing they talk about first. Right. So that's a big thing. Have you guys seen many trainers, many gyms, they actually get to that? Um, peeling the onion. If you do, right. those are the most successful people. No, it's rare. And, and, uh, you know, we, we our theory, Christine and I always talk about it. It's like, you know, it's the third, fourth, fifth question. And that's where you're going to get your answer. Exactly. Exactly. So what I found each one of these steps, if, um, if they won't answer you, you haven't answered the, I mean, you haven't answered the step before it, right? You haven't answered the question before it properly. So they don't know that you care if they're not willing to tell you what their pain is. Okay. Right. So from there we go, see, are they committed? Are they just complaining? In the book, I talk about a guy, I think I called him chest day, Charlie. He (laughs) comes in and he's like, you know, the guy at the gym, it's like, man, my back's hurt and I just don't know what to do. And you're like, okay, man, well, try not to bench every day. Maybe that's hurting your back. Maybe you can do something (laughs) else. And no, it's okay. I'll just take a break and get back to it. Like, are they really wanting to do something about it? Or are they just looking for somebody to complain to? And that's where we got to really figure out how to vet them there. Um, So they know that we care. We know their real pain. Now, are they really actually willing to do something about it or they just want somebody to complain to? Because some people just want some people to complain to and we got to know when to say, okay, let me put you over here and you can complain <laughs> to me when you want to, but I'm going to go on to talk to the people that really want my help. <laughs> that makes me my skin crawl. I'm sorry. Yep. I'll stop people <laughs> and say, listen, show me what you can do. Don't tell me what you can't. And they might look at me like, oh my God, who is this girl that just said this? But I'm like, what? <laughs> what? You, Yeah. Let's go. Sometimes I just want you to listen, though. I'll listen, you know, but I won't hear you. I, I bitch. say, I That's say that. Why, you know, I say, is that what you think of me? You're just gonna 
unload your <laughs> complaints and you know and all your problems on me? What makes you, and I'm not allowed to try and help you? Okay. <laughs> right. Like you yeah, said, so Ryan, you can go over there. My price yeah. just tripled. <laughs> yeah. No, I think having those kind of conversations, though, like most trainers navigate those conversations really poorly and they either ignore the person or they just let them walk all over you and, and you can just say whatever you want. And hopefully we get three sets of something in today um, and we'll see you next week because I'm just here to be your friend who won't say anything bad to you because all your other friends won't listen to you anymore because you push them all away because all you do is walk all over them, right? right. Like that, that's the relationship most trainers have with those kind of people. And so can you as a trainer navigate that relationship to where I'm going to have a tough conversation with you and instead of being afraid that person's going to fire you, oftentimes you gain so much more respect in their eyes because no one else in their life is even willing to have that tough conversation with them. So that that's a tricky one to navigate because like I said, most people will either just dump the person or let them walk all over them. And there's a way to navigate those. If you're willing to put up with people like that, you can make a big difference and you can make a killing because no one else is good at it or willing to put up with it. So if you can make that your niche, like tough people who just want to complain, if you, you can find a way to motivate them and get them committed, man, you've got a freaking amazing training business going. That's, that's something special. <laughs> All right. It's a different way to look at it, right? No, uh, absolutely. Give us that T. All right, T, top dollar. So this is the point we bring up money. Um, like I said, most people are out there competing on price. 20 bucks for your first visit or 20 bucks a month or $2 or $5,000, whatever the heck it is, they throw money out there right away or they never say it at all. At this point, when I know they're committed, I can talk about money and we can talk about the right price for them because I know what they're committed to. I can bring them in. Um, moving on from there, you got the next O, outside influences. What kind of outside influences are in their life? You need to know this for two reasons. One, if you don't talk about their circles around them, you're not really influencing them at all. And they're going to get pulled away, whether it's coworkers, um, family, neighbors, friends, whatever it is, you need to know who's influencing them so you can help them get to their goal the right way. And then that's going to set you up for the last step are real results and referrals. Um, if you know their outside influences, now you've just built a whole referral network that when they start seeing success, you can start bringing referrals in through them because you've already done the, the work in the beginning to set up the relationship of a referral network through that one client. I Boom. love it. I love it. It's, uh, it's concise. Uh, you know, it's, uh, and there's, it's everything you need. I mean, it's right there. I got questions. All right. All right. You yeah. ready? Hit me. All right. So here is, you know, here's Joe Trainer, or here's even someone that is saying, you know what? I want to make this my full-time career. I don't want to have to be, you know, Amon, I got 85 jobs and whatnot. I want this to be the it thing. Um, yeah. again, people who listen to this from anyone, you're fit pros around the world. You own companies. Maybe you're just an endurance athlete and you have another job or career. I think this is important to bring up. We said that um, some of the best salesmen you talked about were doctors, right? And if we're talking about fitness pros, and I know Brian and I talk about this a lot and being involved with um, the MedFit Network and medical fitness, that we're always looking for, you know, some way that we can actually be involved with insurance and, and open up that conversation with doctors because let's face it. Many times you're listening to a doctor and, okay, I can do that because insurance is picking up the tab mm -hmm. and you're more open to do it because you're not putting that money out. What, um, you know, what have you, what have you seen? What advice can you give with that? Because I know a lot of times having those tough conversations as a trainer or, you know, not giving that discount, we're afraid of not making any money. And, you know, even, I know even for me, you know, I've made mistakes. I continue to make mistakes. We're always learning. Um, and, you know, I'll sit back and, and drop a price on something and go, you know what? Either they're going to do it or they're not. And by me dropping it $10 or whatnot is sometimes maybe a couple people take extra, you know, bites you get. But most of the time it's it's not. But we always feel so compelled to, you know, Hey, $1 per class, like it, $1 is better than nothing. Right. It, where do we draw that line? Um, and what advice would you have for people that are desperate even now with what's going on in the world for getting clients? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, I would, my, my best advice there was, um, I think it, it, 
definitely something people are asking for a lot is, um, is that the cheapest we can do? Or is that the best you can do? I want to, or at least you feel like they want a better price. So most of the time that's in the trainer's mind. Like I wouldn't pay for this. Why am I asking them to pay for this? And most of the time we wouldn't pay for it because we already know it. So it's not valuable to us. Right? Like I wouldn't pay for somebody to take me through a pretty basic workout three times a week, but someone who has no idea what they're doing, it's incredibly valuable to them. Right? So we have kind of the curse of knowledge going on there where we feel like once we know it, it's no longer something we would pay for. So why are we asking someone else to pay for it? And we want to be good citizens and good people. So we don't want to be pushy and at, and, and rip people off, but it's, inc- that's the first thing realizing how incredibly valuable this is to somebody else. Um, those of you trainers that haven't always been in shape or haven't always been fit or been athletes and you've had a massive transformation, you can kind of touch back to that. Like, man, this was so valuable to me. Where would my life be without it? Or if you've seen clients that have had big transformations, you can, you can touch back on that to like remind yourself. Um, so I think that's a big thing is the mindset piece, um, that would really push hard on if, if someone's really struggling with a price issue. The other side, a practical point, um, this is something that I think if you're training in a gym, you have no you, like a, a corporate gym kind of a feel. You have no control over. It. They set the price usually, um, so in a way, it can be a good thing because it is what it is. But if you're on your own, you have that feeling of like, well, I mean, I don't have a client there. Why not take it for less? You know, I get something going. Um, what you can do instead is charge less, but charge more. So that sounds like I'm talking like a crazy person, but the idea would be, um, I can't afford a one hour session with you. Let's go to half hour. Um, most people, when they do their half hour, if I'm charging $100 an hour, they'll go $50 for half an hour, right? Um, uh, I'll just, a quick tip that I use is a rule of 60%. So if I'm dropping down in, in like from hour to half hour, it's 60% of my hour rate. And that way they're getting a discount. They're, they're literally paying less out of their pocket, but you're making more for your time. And it, you should do that and not feel bad about it because you still have to prepare for that time, manage that relationship. Um, it's hard sometimes if you're on your own to have back-to-back clients, especially if you're traveling or something like that. Um, so th- there's other there's other little caveats to that, but that's my general rule is the 60 to 65% of your other price. And, and, and even with that, a half an hour, you know, if there's a 10 minutes of setup and 10 minutes of breakdown of whatever sure. it is you're using, that's, that's nearly the hour. And, uh, you know, so don't even 60, 75, whatever it is, you know, just, um, just make sure you get it. I, uh, you know, part of, part of any sales and, you know, I sold print advertising and I was in the mortgage industry for a long time and, uh, mortgage industry aside, but print advertising, one of the things was sign them up for a, as much as you can up front because there's mm-hmm. a good chance that there's not going to be that retention. They're not going to come back. You know, like print advertising is, was always, has always been a weak form of, of marketing. And, uh, you know, so it was like get them, get as much as you can the very first time. And I see that a lot in the fitness industry, whether it's throwing out challenges or, you know, where they get, you know, Two three hundred dollars, or you know, six weeks of training and this and that, um, you know, and they can kind of get a good amount of money right up front, and then you know, whatever happens after that, they've kind of made their money. They'll just find the next person to do it or whatever. But true fitness, it doesn't work that way. You know, the six right. weeks or whatever it is that you're going to work with them is going to be, you know, you can make a big impact, but it may not have a big impact um, initially. It's always a long game. And in the long game, the way that I've always looked at it is over time, I'm going to make more money off of them if they stay, you know, remain my client. Um, so talk to us about retention and things like that. Uh, what, what do you see and, um, you know, what's what's the name of the game there? Is it better to strike oil uh, quickly or is it to, you know, is it better to, um, you know, to hold on to them for long term? Yeah, I think I mean, you, you've had some good points there. I think it depends on what kind of business you want to be, you know, um, I if you're if you're more high end um, training business where you're really um, given some personalized attention, then we want to make sure we we're setting something up that's like just easy for them to get involved in and to move on with. So if it's a monthly cost of uh, a couple thousand dollars for one on one training and they're coming X number of times a week, then there's nothing wrong with just saying, okay, this is it for a month and we're just going to keep recurring revenue going. That's fine. Um, some people do like smaller boot camps and they're 10, $20 a head um, or whatever it would be per session or per month. So they're like 50 to a hundred bucks a month, you know? So it's a, it's a smaller price. 
Um, so it depends on what kind of business you want to be. I've always leaned more towards, I love the relationship side of it. I don't like the idea of running through people and trying to find more people. I think it gets really expensive that way um, relationally and uh, advertising budget gets expensive or whatever. Not just if you're not paying for ads, you say, well, it doesn't cost me anything for ads. It's costing you your time. It's costing a ton of money to find these people. It's costing a ton of time um, getting referrals or reaching out to people. It's costing you something to get new clients. So if you're doing lower end stuff, you need that front end offer to get them going. So if you lose them, you've, you've had something in, you know, or other people just go almost dirt cheap to get started because once they get started, they'll stick around. Um, I don't know that that works either. I'm not a big fan of this big push up front to like a magic pill that's going to cost a lot or this like freebie intro offer that's going to like just get them in the door. Cause if whatever, this is a, a big thing that I've, I've been preaching a lot over the years. Um, that someone told me when I was about to get married, they said, whatever you win her with, that's what you have to keep her with. Right. So if, if I'm like trying to convince my wife that by taking her out to all these fancy restaurants and like buying her all this nice stuff, and that's how, that's why she should marry me. then I better freaking keep that up the whole length of our marriage. Cause that's what I promised her essentially while we were dating. Right. I can't just turn it off. Uh, I think the same thing applies to our clients. Like whatever we win, win them with, that's what they're going to keep expecting or more, right? It, it shouldn't get less as we go. Um, and I think if you win them with a really cheap price, their eyes are going to be drawn to anything else around them with a cheaper price. If you win them with some big challenge where you're all over them and you're helping them and it's a big price, you better keep that attention up because the reason you're losing them later on is because now they're just a regular client and um, you haven't been treating them the same way. So it, again, it depends on what business you want to run, but I, I really love keeping it uh, as personal as possible and whatever you can do to keep that going and keep them coming, wh- whatever you want them with, you got to keep them with. I hate those dangling carrots like those, you know, get in now and it's this much for, you know, and then they hit oh. you with the other shoe falls and they hit you with the bill, you know, and it's, it, it, you know, or, or even the, the bigger one is we come in here and it's, you know, it's really cheap for the first 60 days or whatever. And every time you come here, just uh, tag yourself on the uh, social media that you're here. I hate that one too. Uh, you yeah. know, the ways it's just using people to market and, uh, you know, it's not necessarily the best thing. Yeah. There's ways to get people to get excited about your place and talk about you. And it's not by putting a sign up that says, follow, like, subscribe, tag us. Like it's, there's, there's other ways that are feel right. I mean, if you just flip it all around on yourself, would I want someone to tell me to do that? Would I want someone to treat me that way? And the answer is like, eh, or no, then, you know, you probably shouldn't be doing it yourself. It's one of those things that I just sit back and I'm like, this is annoying. <laughs> I'm not going right. to lie. There's so much going on in one day. I'm like, I just can't remember all of this stuff. It, you're, you know, you're so spot on with some of this. And I think that we, you know, we get so overwhelmed with we've got to make money and we've got to make money. And you're starting to see the people, you know, you start to see instead of people, you see them as dollar signs. And right. that's something that's, that that's the problem, yeah. makes also makes my skin crawl. I know I get all rolled up, but it's true. Um, and I'm going to say this: that being in the fitness industry as both a consumer and now a business and presenter for the last 20 years, um, I could I've seen that that that's that circle that you know cyclical you know I guess pattern of companies and people coming and going and I'm someone who I love to sit back and just watch and I've had a lot of time to really reflect you know in these last few decades of why did these companies or these trainers make it why are these people in the industry for 30 years what did they do different than the all these other companies that have come and gone and the biggest thing and I will say this until my face turns blue is that the people that know you care are the companies that always succeed. Mm-hmm. And I have to, you know, I have to say, I've worked with a lot of different companies that I just don't agree with. And, you know, I will spend the time talking to people and it's like, well, Christine, why are you spending time talking to them? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, because you, you, ne- a, you never know. You never know what kind of impact. You never know who they know. You never know what maybe, you know, you could do for someone. And, you know, I believe there's been... I don't know how many hundreds of hours I've spent with people that don't amount to anything, but you just don't know. Sure. And, and yeah, that's good. I don't know. I, I, I see it. I see it all the time. And I think that that whole idea of, are we just, are we getting overwhelmed and we need that, 
that money. And if that's what it is, then I think you're in the wrong career. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I think what you're, what you're hitting at too is, um, especially in a corporate fitness world. And this is what I've seen a lot with, um, that's where, that's kind of where I grew up and got my, my legs when I was training is in a, like a high end box gym, uh, in Orlando here, one of the nicest gyms in the country. I can't say anything bad about them at all. Um, but the, the thing that you see is either trainers are just pushing for, for money or what I've seen a lot of, especially strength coaches, really excellent trainers, guys that are looking at functional movement, not just uh, how many people can I get in the class. They will tend to go the other way, like you're saying, to a fault, though, to where they're just like, well, um, it's no big deal. I'll just train whoever asked me to because they'll come when they need me. And they don't – it's not that they don't care, but they so don't want to be that salesy person that they won't put themselves out there at all. And I think what what you see is this clash between um, ownership, corporate, management, whatever, saying – we need to grow. Here's our numbers. Here's our sales numbers. Here's our revenue budget. Here's, we have to run this business. And if you're an owner, you can relate to that. If you're a business person, you can understand like that's a real thing and you need to do that. Right. But the trainers see it as I'm not going to be pushy. I'm not going to be sleazy. So bridging that gap between sales numbers and revenue goals and bonuses and all that kind of stuff that trainers that are really great don't usually care about that. They usually care about, I want to help people. And I want to see that they can actually do a proper squat or push without getting attention through their neck. You know, I want to make sure that they're actually doing things the right way and improving their life. So how do we bridge that gap from the people that don't seem to care about money, but really do care about people. And the only way we've ever tried to incentivize them is by putting a bigger commission check or a bigger bonus or whoever gets the most new clients, whoever sells the most or, or punishing them if they don't. And I think we need to start speaking the language of our trainers to get them to realize like you can help more people, you can make a bigger difference, not just punishing them if they don't and pushing them harder to get more money for the company because that's not inspiring anybody. All right, guilt, guilty, guilt. I'll, I'll give a, um, I'll give a, uh, this is a truth, all right, and I will not drop any names, but I have really done this before. So I've, I've, you know, put my hand in the pot in many different companies and fitness corporations and whatnot. I think it's important to educate yourself with, you know, everything that's out there. And I have actually, you know, you're supposed to say a certain thing. I know what you're talking about. You're supposed to say a certain thing and you want to hit these numbers and you know, what's the growth per week, per month, whatnot. And I remember many times, many times coming clean that, you know, I'm supposed to say one thing, but I'm looking at these people going, all right, you've got high blood pressure, uh, you're brand new to fitness. You're, you know, you've, you've had a couple surgeries um, here. You know, I'm analyzing the health issues. I'm looking at what's going on. And I'm like, I can't say that. I can't say that I want you to sign up and come to, you know, high intensity workouts for like five times a week. Like you're going to die. Like, wh- right. you know, let's be honest here. I would love to hit whatever number or whatever that is. I said, but ethically and morally, I'm going to do what I believe. Yes. And I think that there's a fine line between, you know, I know what we're supposed to do, but what is going to be good in the long run? You know, it might be good something if they just get started. That goes to the D, right? The doctor, Mm -hmm. the D and doctor, right? You know, do they know that you care? And that's, you know, if you can, you know, there's, there's always an honest assessment, you know, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily the best place for, for everybody. You know, if you, if you don't, uh, if you know, if you're a vegan, you don't go to the steakhouse. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, um, yeah, it, the industry is, is a funny one, right? Mm-hmm. Because the people that generate the revenue, you know, I guess regular, you know, if you're in a big box gym and, you know, there's just a turnstile. Or the Insta, and, the Insta trainers. On, well, that, yeah. That's great. But, you know, the people who are generating the revenue are the people who you're relying on to be the salesman for themselves, right? The, the, the trainers are now the salesman, but they're not, you know, their business acumen isn't that. It's it's their trainers, you know, they know science and they know how to help people. And, you know, even if they are great at, at, at getting into your heart and your and your mind and connecting that way, you know, it, it's, it's just the sales aspect is possibly foreign to them. And it's another thing is that it's a weird industry. It's it's an industry where you can make money. You can make a lot of money, right? But most of the people in it don't make money. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's that 80-20. And, uh, and they, 
you, you know, you you have you know, which is which is really kind of strange. Um, but I don't even know where I'm going with this. But you know, you you have the top, you know, the twenty percent of the trainers making eighty percent of the money, and everyone else is working part time, and then they feel the need to have to sell. You know, they have to have a side hustle, right? How many trainers have a side hustle? You know, if the if well, the job everyone's was, selling it, all the trainers, then I don't know how you. If feel the about job this. was good, they wouldn't need a side hustle, right? right? Or Ryan, how do you yep. feel about all the trainers then having to do all this extra marketing? Like, um, hey, I'm also sponsored by this or this pill or this protein or this oh, blah, blah, man, blah, blah. You know, it's um, – I think that's another thing. I don't know if you mentioned that in, um, you I, know, in what I you – Don't touch on it in the book. Um, yeah. And I just want to be clear. Like, some of the stuff that we're talking about now, like, I've been the sales manager, the fitness manager that is like, hey, guys, here's the number. Let's get it. Here's the reward. Like, right. That's that's part of the job, right? That's part of what you have to do. So I'm not saying the one that I've done it right the whole time. I've been some great boss when I when I was in that position. I have not been, um, but you learn through those mistakes of like, well, that did not motivate them. Oh my gosh, what the heck am I really doing? Let's get back to what I really believe in here. You know, instead of just what I think I need to do because that's what the person in this position does, right? Um, but to the person, I, I had a trainer. No joke, his client came to me and said, "Hey." I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but so-and-so my trainer um, made me listen to this call at the end of our session. And he's trying to get me to buy this, these supplements. And I, I think it's like a pyramid scheme. I don't know that I'm into it, but he keeps pushing it on me. And I try to tell him no nicely, but he won't listen to it. So I, like they're in the gym, like, Hey, sign up right now. You can be one of my people that sells it, like trying to build his pyramid scheme, his side hustle of, um, Vegan supplements or something. I forget what. I won't even say the name. I don't. I don't know if it's a good product or not. I didn't look. There's into so it, many, just, Brian. It's, it's yeah. just <laughs> product X. <laughs> product. Everybody does the same thing, right? Um, so the, but yeah. One, if it's a good job, sure they shouldn't need to. But two, if they would just dive into it and say, "Man, I'm gonna grow this thing." Like I got to a point where I was looking for other jobs, trying to find that side hustle or a different job, and when I finally just said, "You know what." I'm stuck here right now. <laughs> this is really where I got to. I was like, there's a kid on the way. Um, we've got no money. We're living our in-laws. I'm kind of like, this is where I'm at. God, I need your help. Let's grow this thing. I, I need, I spent 80% of my time not trying to figure out other little ways to make money. I spent 80% of my time not trying to figure out the newest exercise fad or the newest certification. Like I knew how to squat. I knew how to hinge. I knew how to push. I knew how to pull. That was all I needed at the time, right? So I spent 80% of my time working on how to sell, how to communicate, and how to relate to people. Like over and over again, sales books, communication podcasts, reading and studying, practicing, writing scripts for myself, not so that I could read the script, but just so I could imagine different situations. Like I wanted to be an expert at communication with people in the gym. And so when I really focused on that, I let my training be my training and I grew as it, as I needed to. Like if a client had an issue, I would go study it and learn it. But literally 80% of the time I'm trying to get better at communicating and selling without being a sleazy salesperson. I cannot wait to read the book. I can't wait. (laughs) I got to get my hands on this and listen to your show. Yes. Do us a favor. Tell us the title of the book where everyone can get it. And then the name of the show all of your links, because we're going to put this out to all of our listeners from, you know, here to, here to, uh, Kathmandu. Kathmandu, I was going to say. Kathmandu, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Kalamazoo is where Derek Jeter's from. I don't know if you guys are, are there. But he was yeah. born in New Jersey, yeah, Ryan. Did. I'll have you know that. Was he really? Yes, he was. Oh, that's Edgeter. true. North, no. North Jersey, right? <laughs> yeah, born? North Jersey. And it was a big rumor that his parents were going to buy a house in the town that Christine and I live in, that he was going to buy the house, actually. For Dr. Jeter. Jeter did actually buy a house in Babylon where I grew up. Ah. He had a house. It used to be Brett Saberhagen's old house. They really kind of, right. you know. I got to tell you, um, I'm a big Red Sox fan. I don't know how you guys feel about that. No, I'm not. But, I don't okay. feel very good about right. that, Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Your what? connection. Your Who? connection. <laughs> this, this episode has just <laughs> This episode has just ended. No, I'm just kidding. But Fenway is amazing. Let's be honest. Uh, like, how awesome I cannot, is that? You can't not like Derek Jeter. I don't care if you're a Red Sox fan or not. Like, how, you can't not like I met like him once. Like, it was, like I was speechless. Best. He's dreamy. He's like the anyway, exception. Dreamy. I mean, 
What are we talking? Wait, what? We're on a podcast? At, at, what? At being a shortstop. He's a dreamy shortstop. I'd no, snuggle he's with him. dreamy. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what? All right. So the book, if anybody wants it still, after my rant on Derek Jeter and the Red Sox. Um, sorry about that. I took us off, off track. Um, the book, you can get, actually get a free copy right now if you go to IHateSellingBook.com. IHateSellingBook.com. Free copy. Pretty easy. Free. You can download it right away. Um, you can get the audio book right there. Right. <laughs> What's that? I was going to buy it, but that's okay. exclusive so for so podcast if you're, if you're listeners. Actual hard copies of the book, you have to buy it on Amazon. So I'll, I'll be tell you, I'll tell you that there. But on my website, if you if you get the uh, uh, the ebook, it's free, and you can get the audiobook for like eight bucks. So it's better than Audible. So that's um, it's a bargain. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, and then um, my show actually is releasing this week. I've done probably twenty episodes live in my Facebook group. And um, I'm actually just going to release them out in a podcast form called I Hate Selling Live. So this is the first place that anyone's hearing about it actually being released as a podcast officially. It's always been going in my Facebook group as a live video interview. And now those audios are getting out to the world. That's an yeah. awesome. Breaking news. Well, yeah. So. Horrible Red Sox fans has podcasts <laughs> oh, and free books. Gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> that that's actually an old joke. Yankees, Red Sox. I'll tell it later. I'll oh tell you when gosh. we're done, right? That is no. We're really happy for you. We're always, you know, we want other people to get out. You know, again, the reason we created this podcast was to create a platform to bring people information, unbiased information, fitness, wellness, nutrition, and inspiration. And honestly, what you have going with this, this is this is very relevant, not just to the times we have now, but in general, and not just for the fitness professional. I really think that this could be for everyone. So all of our listeners out there around the world... Even if you're from Mauritius, that's that island that I learned about um, <laughs> east of Madagascar in the Indian Ocean. Um, shout out to Karen who did yeah. my training. It was 2 a.m. in the morning um, last month. But anyway, I learn new things all the time. But it's really important that everyone gets this information because right now, I, I have to be honest, I'm wondering how many fitness professionals are just going to you know, kind of give up and not, like we said, give up and not go back to – you know, being go yeah. training, going to the gym and just going to get their real, you know, like get a real job or whatever. They right. yeah, now's the time, honestly, if they were struggling before and this hits, it's the time you can bow out gracefully. Right. And say, well, I Corona or whatever, like it, it was too hard. So maybe that's a way out for some people that maybe didn't really want to be in it in the first place, but regardless of where you're at or how, how good you are, I, or, or even what industry you're in, no matter if there's a pandemic or the economy is just killing it, you have to be able to sell because something else is going to come along. And you know, I remember I started training when I, in 2007 at this box gym and everybody was charging like ridiculous. Like it was all one-on-one. It was all high end four to five times a week with these high end clients, um, $120 to $150 an hour. And then all of a sudden uh, the economy crashes and everybody loses clients left and right. And everybody's freaking out. Half the team quits. They go find real jobs, all that kind of stuff. And um, I didn't know any better because I was just a brand new trainer. So I just thought this, well, this is how it always was. I wasn't watching the news. I was 24 years old. And I'm like, uh, I, I guess this is just how training is. I got to figure it out. Let's make it work. And so if you can learn how to sell in a time when it feels like nobody's buying anything, when a time when it feels like there's no money out there, you're going to be really great when things get better again, you know? And the truth is there's not less money in the world right now. You know, people are just holding on to it. People are still spending it. They're just holding on to it for, and and spending it on different reasons. So if you can learn to speak their language and communicate effectively and sell during this time, you're going to kill it when things get back up and running. Like that's going to be, you're going to be amazing. That that was, that was, that's what I was thinking this whole time. It's going to weed out the people who are just kind of hanging around, you know, and and the professionals are going to stay. Yeah. And when it rebounds, yeah. the professionals are going to be the ones that are going to be able to, you know, to, to quote their price and get it. Say, oh, yeah. you're back. It's funny to me. Everyone kept telling me one-on-one training is dead. Even small group training is dead. It's all classes. You have to run classes. You have to do unlimited memberships, all this stuff. And I was like, man, I don't think that's right. It doesn't feel right to me. I'm not going to do that. I, I have clients that I work with that do unlimited classes and stuff, but I, it's never been something that I've forced people to do or pushed gyms to do. At all, I've always got, I love the one-on-one and small group model, 
And, um, and now with all this stuff happening, it's like all these gyms that have these unlimited classes, like, what the heck are we going to do? We can't have 50 <laughs> people in a small space again together at the same time. How are we going to do this? It's like all of a sudden one-on-one and small group is like the only model that seems feasible at the moment, you know? So it's really funny how it kind of flips back on itself really quickly. And don't think that I was having a great conversation yesterday. Um, this man, his name is Greg Mack. He's been in medical fitness and whatnot. He's in Ohio. And we were talking about how we really need to flip the conversation and say, listen, we are fitness professionals and it's, you know, not that we're being salesy, but I'm going to throw this propaganda of fear at you <laughs> because guess what? The people that are not getting sick are the people that are in great shape, cardiovascular. Yep. They And I said, this is something that we need to use. If we haven't learned anything from this and, whole thing. It's and, that. Yeah. I mean, so if, if we're still, if people are still hesitant to, you know, to, to buy in, so to say, quote, then they're never buying in after this is how I feel. And it's either they're going to or not. And it's not worth your breath to, to sit there and hound them if, you know, either they're in or they're out. So it's tough to, it's tough to, to take that and say, oh, not everyone wants you, but hey, there's, there's, there's someone for you out there. Yeah. But there's a lot of great trainers out there. I hope they stick with it because they can make a big difference. So what are, um, where can people find you social media wise? Um, uh, I'm not crazy active on social media. I get on there. I have a Facebook group. I hate selling for the fitness professional. It just goes along with the book for kind of people that are reading the book to post I got a lot of questions in the book. It's pretty interactive. So a place for them to kind of post their answers if they want to and talk through some, some issues they've got with selling, um, or to help their team out a little bit. Um, so Ryan McKenzie on Facebook, I'm the one with all the kids and, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, I hate selling for the fitness professional is the, uh, Facebook group or, um, on Instagram, I hate selling, but like I said, I'm, I'm on there sporadically, but I, I'll check it. If you want to reach out to me, LinkedIn, I talked to a lot of people on. So Ryan McKenzie on all those platforms or I hate selling on any of them will, will find me. How old are your children? They are 11 and nine and six, almost seven. And then one and one. So we have two one-year-olds. One's one and a half. One's almost two in a month. Um, one of the one-year-olds is our foster baby, who hopefully we'll be adopting within the next uh, couple months here. You know you're an angel, but, right? Yeah. You know that? How's quarantine my wife, going my for My wife is amazing. She's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Is she an octopus? Like, does she, <laughs> she feed arms? She, well, <laughs> when, you, when the kids are spaced out enough, the oldest, if you've got good older kids – they're really great at helping with babies and they love it. Like my oldest son makes a lot of it possible. My oldest daughter makes a lot of it possible. They just love the babies. They love each other so much. It's really special to see them help take care of each other and make it all like work together. It's, it's pretty cool. So we homeschool, we do the whole, like, uh, it's crazy. We have a crazy life and it's amazing. So when this whole Corona thing happened, everyone's like, the world is so different. I was like, I'm pretty much doing the same thing. Yeah. We ain't going anywhere anyway. Cause we have five kids and we homeschool and I have my business in my house. But, uh, I, it's definitely different for a lot of other people. <laughs> well, it's your your norm is we're having this conversation like everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for it to go back to normal. And we're like, what the hell's normal? Like, what's yeah. Qu- yeah. I don't if those of us that have crazy, you know, chaos, our lives are always chaos, like a Corona, not yeah. Corona. Yeah. We're we're still chaos. It's so crazy. Yeah, I haven't known normal for the last 11 years. So when you have a kid, everything normal's out the window, mm-hmm. out the window completely. We all have 11 year olds. How about that? That's true. 11-year-old That's boys, cool. right? Your oldest a boy? The boy, yeah. Yeah. 11-year-old boys, Mine all three of us. is such an attitude. Oh, my God. It's not <laughs> Going into even sixth grade? Funny. Going into sixth grade? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're just, they we're still in over here, so they're just finishing Do up Do your fit. boys kind of smell weird? Uh, Alex, they, he's, I love him dearly, but I'm like, does someone smell? He's like, I put on deodorant. I'm like, but you, he just smells like like boy, like pheromones or whatever. It's just the time, right? right? This is the time. Like One moment, they're like philosophers and they're saying something brilliant the next moment they're like squishing a bug outside and making fart noises you know Mm -hmm. they're like they're just a little kid and half an adult all at the same time it's pretty crazy and amazing my son wears my sneakers now same size shoe same with my wife and my son yeah he can wear his sneakers Mm -hmm. it's crazy i'm like oh look at those basketball shoes (laughs) like i'm gonna steal his like high top whatever shoes some jordans oh my gosh crazy ryan you are fantastic i'm so happy that i stalked you um i will say (laughs) that and uh you're doing amazing things and i'm really excited that uh you're now a friend of the podcast so we're gonna have to keep in touch 
And yes. I'm hoping that we'll, um, you know, we'll definitely cross paths in the, in the world of fit crazies and podcasting. And, um, oh my gosh, Brian, no, anything? No, this is beautiful. I oh love my it. gosh. Brian, cereal. Uh, honey nut Cheerios. Oh yeah. Big it's fan. It's really healthy. It's annoying. It's healthier. I, I don't guess. even yeah, eat it anymore. It's kind of borderline there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, honey, but they're delicious. Uh, they're not, they're right. not magically delicious. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Drink I'm the milk. Change my, can I change mine real quick? Sure. Yes. Do you remember this one? I don't know if it's still around anymore or allowed anymore, but Rice Krispie Treats. Cereal. Rice Krispie Treats cereal. They had like no, it's chunks around. like they'd make Rice Krispie Treats <laughs> and then they'd, it would be cereal. Do you remember that? That's right. Yeah. Rip the fillings right out of your teeth. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> the O's. The O's ripped the, the filling right out of your teeth. Do you remember those? They were crunchy as anything. Oh. I could talk cereal all day long. It's really sad. It's my favorite food. I'm, I'm lame now. It's, it's kashi. It's like, it's like not even worth eating. That's like eating horse, like, hay. Kashi. They actually call it in my house daddy cereal. Yeah, because it's disgusting. <laughs> no one else eats it. Right? Uh, I used to be so cool. Oh, my gosh. All right. You're the cool dad. You're the cool dad. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Ryan. Seriously, it has been an absolute pleasure, and uh, we're going to put all your information out for our listeners about the book and how to contact you. And I'm up, I can't wait to, to get my read on and uh, take a look. So thank you so much, Ryan, and we will be in touch. And with that said... My name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. In the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.